0: What's up, guys? Hope everybody's staying safe. Alex Contreras on the mic alongside Anthony Red Garcia. Welcome back to another episode of Marlins Barbecue. Red, we made it. I think we jumped a gun a little bit last week. We thought it was going to be over for baseball. But we were able to manage through some unprecedented times. And here we are. Baseball is within grasp.
1: Yeah, Alex. Welcome back, everybody, to the number one uh, Marlins slash barbecue-based podcast on the on the web right now um we made it last week you know we spoke about the COVID related incidents and all that stuff and i think it our opinions i think st- i think we still stand with them um baseball has to be better and um that leads us right into topic number one alex talk to me what did uh manfred say this week oh man robbie manfred was at it again
0: uh manfred's bluff to end the season was further exposed because of the problems of the pandemic during the baseball season, um, Commissioner Manfred was caught in an interview with Carl Ravage from ESPN saying, "You know, we're basically we're going to play baseball. We're going to have a baseball season. The players need to be better. And I'm not a quitter. In general, there is no reason to quit right now. We have to be fluid. This is manageable. Yes, there's an outbreak, but this is manageable. I mean, how 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 do you take that from Commissioner Rob Manfred? Really, like I feel like I feel like, man, he's just falling apart. I feel like he needs to be a better leader. Yeah, it's cool that he's saying, yeah, we got to keep going, keep keep thinking about the money for the owners and, and the teams, but we got to think about our players' health, man. And guys don't really – it doesn't affect you till it affects your team. And, man, if you're a Marlins fan, you know more than anybody that it's affected your team. The Marlins have uh, around 18 to 20, including players and staff members, that have the COVID, and it's uh, – a it just makes you think about the health. Like, who am I to say? Like, I, I can't talk for other players and be like, "Hey, yo, I would obviously love to play baseball." But everybody has a different situation. Like, at the end of the day, Rob Manfred needs to do a better job to make things more secure. He needs to. He needs to be the law for the sport. Like, he's just thinking about one side. He's only thinking about the owners. He's not really thinking about the players. And I'm glad that the few times that Tony Clark has done something right, I agree with him now. Like, I agree that he's he's doing this, and and that's why all these players were arguing trying to trying to fight for their rights man i mean look at it now we're a quarter of the season in our marlins are still in first place but we only played three games
1: right and i think i think what rob is doing he's just pushing it down the line he's pushing the buck you know he wants to set it up so if something goes catastrophic he could just blame somebody else i think it's it's a business approach to it you know he's already starting to say hey this is your responsibility your players have to be better He's not saying, hey, MLB as a whole needs to be better. He's not even taking ownership of the sport. He's just saying, hey, let's let's leave it on the players. And that's not right because these are – at the end of the day, these are athletes, these are players. They're going to want to play. Look what happened with the Marlins. R- the reports are that they agreed to play uh, Sunday's game or Saturday's game in a group text, which is fine. But what, what other outcome did you think was going to come out of that vote other than, hey, let's play? You know, these guys – they love the game just like we do. They they probably love it more. They play, you know, they love playing. They don't want to sit at a hotel. So, of course, they're going to vote that. That shouldn't be in the players' hands, though. It should be Major League Baseball makes a decision that players, if you have a positive test, there should not be a game that day. And it's that simple. It's the isolation tactic doesn't work because these guys are together in clubhouses, buses, planes, um, dugouts, you know, there, if you're not going to wear if you're not going to make everybody wear a mask, you, the isolation tactic is pointless. Yeah, the Mars got the short end of the stick on this one. I mean, because you can easily make the argument that people
0: have been making online <clears throat> that if the New York Yankees were the ones that have been in the outbreak, or the Red Sox, or the Dodgers, or you know what I mean, like another major team, uh, uh, the Houston Astros, right? Oh, because the Marlins got the short end of the stick. Oh, who cares? It's just the Marlins. Of course it was going to be the Marlins. Well, that's sad that people are thinking that way because these Miami Marlins, Yeah, MLB's doing some investigation. But these guys didn't go out to no strip club like they're saying. They're accusing them. Like, Bob Nightingale, shame on you, man. Like, you really got to have your your facts. You can't say, oh, people. And I'm not sure about this. Like, you can't start off an interview. like what type of reporting is that like we're gonna sit here and speculate let's hey guys welcome to the show we're gonna sit here we're gonna speculate about what it is at least we say that like hey you know we're not trying to be disrespectful when we we express our opinions but we're not also gonna come out and lie on somebody's bread like you're right wrongfully accusing the miami marlins of going out and like causing this whole outbreak now you got all the major league baseball fans out against our team for no reason like 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 we didn't even like we don't have enough hate already Right. On, and if man, you notice too
1: if you notice too, that theory was quickly, you know, fans got a hold of it, but notice no players came out and accused anybody or started saying anything. At least not that I saw, because it was just it just seemed completely off base, man. Like it completely seemed like like you just made that up. Like
0: who or what are they blaming for the Marlins outbreak?
1: Well, I think a couple of guys
0: went out uh, in Atlanta. So that's what happened. it wasn't like i don't you know i don't think it was any kind of fluke like oh, I got it from a uh, you know the bus driver or
1: pilot or something like that. Uh, I believe some guys got careless at least one guy did for sure and went out, and I think it uh, you know came back positive and spread around wow. it quickly changed from Marlins players went to a strip club to Marlin's players may have gone to the hotel lobby to get coffee man there's a but there was big nobody difference. there. Yeah, right.
0: it's crazy. It's crazy. Where's your credibility and, at? Like, And you're, you're such a big name. Like, you're so, you're, you are you write for a major company. Like, how are you going to come and do something? Like, bro, that's like some rookie stuff. Like, you got you fake it till you make it. But this guy, like, what what are you doing, Bob? Well,
1: he's, he's always true. guessing. This is also the same guy that said Jeff Conan was the next uh, Marlins manager. Announced it on Twitter for like an that, hour later. It was Dan Jennings. So, and that was
0: the last time I followed him.
1: Yeah, I, don't I, follow him. Followed. I only I don't saw, him saw it because it was retweeted so many times. Um, which, speaking of weird incidents, um yesterday uh, Cespedes from the Mets basically opted out of the Major League season. Um, what was weird about it was a statement that the Mets released because I don't have the exact statement in front of me, but it basically said um we were made aware that Cespedes did not show up to play. All attempts to locate him have been, you know, to negative results, which a few hours later they later say oh he opted out of the season but what's weird about the statement is a you just released a statement saying you don't know where your players at on the road where his fat i mean did you notify his family like is he missing you say you don't know anything of where he's at and then you release a vague statement saying you you haven't even you haven't made contact with him nothing so you're making him look like the bad guy b you know are you trying? And then they later. I'm sorry. B. They later come out and say, "Hey, he told some be- some people that he was opting out of the season." So you're making him look like the bad guy, you know? If it's COVID related, he has every right to opt out. But to release a statement like that is so Mets that I, I I read it and I was like, "This is this is terrible." And of course, Bob Nightingale then goes on and says. Oh, but he's set to make two point whatever million dollars, completely off base, completely off the beat of what the situation was because the original statement made it sound like he was almost in danger. Um, what do you think of that statement that the Mets released?
0: Bro, when I when I first saw it come up on my phone, the alert, it was like uh, Mets are unable to locate Yohannes your Cespedes. You're thinking the worst. You're thinking, holy crap, you got to do an Amber Alert. Where the hell is my guy Yo at? I was about to write to my guy that lives up in, in New York. Go and be like, yo... Where's where's your guy at Cespedes? Like, how does how does a New York Met just disappear, right? And and I completely agree with you. This is just the Mets being met, Mets going met. And it's crazy that they made it like they alerted like the whole community, like, like there was a problem. Like, Cespedes, obviously if he's not trying to play the season, like we respect that. If he's going the health route, he doesn't want to play, he doesn't feel safe, just like he's signed, great. We, we respect it. It's a bummer as a fan, yeah, but we respect it. It's a health decision. But it's just crazy how they just alerted everybody, bro. Like, I thought for a second, I was like, bro, you hope nothing happened to yo, bro. I put a little prayer up for not for nothing, but it was just like because the things like the last time I got an alert like that, it was like, dang, man, rest in peace to Jose Fernandez, who's, who who would have celebrated his 28th birthday a few days ago.
1: So that's, exactly that's, that's what the first I thing that came at. to mind. When I read the message, it hit me just like, I was like, is this another Jose situation? And that might only be for Marlon fans and maybe like the Royals fans because we've lived through that. But releasing that statement is just negligence because like, what if his family doesn't know where he's at either? And what if that's how they found out that he was missing? Come on, Mets. Yeah. That's, that, the, that's Mets
0: la- the Mets' letter clarified in a statement to say that they had no reason to believe Cespedes' safety
1: was at risk. Right, so which on, means man, if, you got, if, if, you got... if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, that you knew where he was at. You knew he was opting out, and you wanted to make him look like the bad guy. That's the only reason to do that. No wonder they're trying to sell this team, bro. It's a mess over there. They should just change the name to the Mets. The Mets take out the team.
0: Right, New York Mets. Um,
1: yeah. Eson Diaz has opted out of the season. Um, he made it. He posted it on Instagram. He told his man, the manager, mad He told his agent, his agent shared it. Um, by all accounts, he's opting out due to medical, uh, medical concerns. Eson was one of the few guys that every time, basically every time we saw him on during a game, he was wearing his mask in the dugout in the batter's box. The only time he took it off was when he was standing alone at second base. Um, if you know, it's something we knew would happen. Every team is basically getting affected by it or will be affected by one or two guys. Eson, this is a season, you know, he was supposed to put it all together. Now he's going to have to go into spring training and compete. We respect his decision, health above everything. There's no doubt about that. But as a baseball fan, as a baseball podcast, we got to talk about the baseball side of things. The next, the next off season, it's come spring, he's going to have to light it up. And I hope he does. I'm excited for him. I still think he's going to make – he's a future. He was killing it right now. Yes, the average doesn't show it, but we're more than just averages, guys. We look at everything. He was hitting the ball harder than anyone else on the team. So what do you – what is what is your opinion on the opt-out? What do you think? And um, uh, to me, I can't wait to see him in spring training.
0: And I'll tell you, it's a bummer as a baseball fan, uh, but at the same time, you know, I know everybody's mentality was, why not us? And then we got struck with the the pandemic. The reality hit us. And our team is sick. But the point is that you can't blame them. Like, you, you got to think about your health. And if Esan would have had a, a subpar season and a short season, a 60-game season, that's, that would have been our argument. Oh, well, you know, it was a short season. didn't really count and then like next year we would have been like all right this is a clean slate so he's just thinking you know what dude let me just avoid all that let me avoid getting sick let me let me let me worry about me and my family and I'll, I'll come at it next year hard, 100%. And it's not to say, ladies and gentlemen, that next year he comes in to play in spring training, and if he doesn't light up, he's not going to make the team, and the Marlins are going to cut it. No, that's not going to happen, because the Marlins are, are, are have proven that they're going to give guys opportunities. And if somebody deserves an opportunity, it's Izan Diaz. He hasn't done anything to not deserve an opportunity. and plenty of other guys on this squad, on this current team, have been there, no names mentioned, and they've been given opportunities to be there, and, and, proven that they 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 deserve to be in the major league roster then i have no doubt that don mattingly in the front office is going to make the correct move and give isan diaz as many opportunities as possible to earn that spot be it in 2021 2022 that being said we're lucky that we got john purdy we got john Villar, we got eddie alvarez we got guys that can help us fill that hole and it's going to be a fun year like at the beginning, when uh, uh, of the whole off season, when we didn't know, oh, baseball is in jeopardy. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Me and Eli had this conversation. I told him, "Yo, oh, what if we have something like the movie The Replacements, right?" And he's like, "That's oh, crazy. I don't see anything like that happening." I was like, "Low key, it's really happening. Like, what? An applause to the to, to, to the front office. What they did, dude. They got they put together a whole roster within a week through waiver claims, through trades. Like, Mike Hill." The the guys doing the, the, the transactions, the assistant GM, these guys aren't getting enough credit the scouting the, the scouting department. Like for real guys, tipping your head off. Like we can do that. We can sit here and try to put a roster together within a day, within a week on on a PlayStation, via MOB the show. But these guys are really doing their homework. Like, they pulling some moves, they're pulling some strings and they didn't just get some scrubs. I mean, we got guys that that are Veteran names like recognizable veteran names like we got a uh, Logan Forsythe a couple years back you would have been excited about a Logan Forsythe right Logan Forsythe's a guy who plays second base now Esan's not there you wouldn't it makes sense to get a Logan Forsythe before because you're trying to give Esan all these opportunities but now right. you got Logan there Logan can play third as well he can play first he plays some outfield you know and versatility that's what we were talking about this Marlins team that we loved about this Marlins team and John Birdie and John De Villar that they're versatility guys Sean Rodriguez. Eddie Alvarez—they just keep adding versatility, and that's 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 what modern-day baseball is. If you can play multiple positions, great. Remember guys like Ben Zobrist, Chris Bryant—they play multiple positions. They add value to your team. Miggy Rojas,
1: right? And by all accounts, um, the infield isn't—not uh, the infield. I'm sorry, the the hitters. You know, the aren't too affected by this. By all accounts, it's just going to be our middle infield, Rojas and Diaz is going to be different. Our catcher, our catching is going to be a little different. Um, Dickerson, Villar, Anderson, Aguiar. Uh, who else is healthy? Confirmed healthy. I believe those are the hitters uh, that are Sir, already been- Servelli and Walich. That's our, Sir, our, our catcher. That's what I was thinking of. Um, so the, our core wasn't too affected. Our pitching, on the other hand, was. And basically, the Marlins traded or signed every reliever possible. So let's go into those guys. Um, we got James Boyd from Cleveland. We traded for Richard Blair, Blair maybe, a left-handed pitcher from Baltimore. And got a we, nice cutter. Yes. And by all accounts, guys, we've been after him for a while. Um, this is not a deal. Uh, maybe the, inc- the COVID incident allowed the opportunity and the roster spot. But by all accounts, we've been after him since last offseason. So somebody somewhere in the Marlins sees something in this guy. He killed it two years ago. Last year he was riddled by injuries, and this year he started off slow. But if he could get back to two years form from two years ago, that's huge. And by all accounts, I have a feeling he is, and he's going to stay with the Marlins for a few more years. I don't think this is just a one-time thing or one-month thing, a two-week thing. And I'm excited for him. I think he will end up being a huge part of this bullpen and maybe the end to Adam Connolly once everybody's healthy. Hey, you hit it right, nail on, man, I can't
0: ever get this damn phrase right. How do you say it? You get the nail, <laughs> nail on man. the hammer? Yeah, that's what it was. Well, Richard Blyer, man, he's a, a Miami Beach born native, right? Uh, Richard likes to go by Dick, and and I'm telling you, Dick's super excited to be back in Miami. The past five seasons with the Baltimore Orioles in 166 appearances, he had a 2.99 ERA and went 8-1. So yeah, man, uh, him coming to Miami. He's thirty three years old. Yeah, he's not a young 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 arm like the other guys on this team. But he's gonna bring that veteran presence. He's gonna come and and, and he's gonna be a staple into this bullpen for at least a, a, a season or two. Um, I can tell you that Orioles Nation was very upset. They were very heated. They were very vocal on Twitter. They were very upset about the Orioles trading away the one guy that could handle the Yankees out of their bullpen. Now they have no faith whatsoever in their bullpen. So if that says anything, we're in a good position to take this series from the
1: Baltimore Orioles in Baltimore. The only thing that concerned me about the trade, besides the fact that it was for a player to be named later, depending on who that is, guys, I mean— if it's gonna end up being a, a low A guy that we've never even heard of. But if it's not, we'll go we'll we'll deal with it then. But the only thing that concerns me with the trade is that the Nat, I mean the Orioles aren't exactly out of it. They're five and three. The rest of the, their division is under five hundred. Um, the Yankees are running away with it. And they're gonna trade arguably their top two, top three relievers. Um I saw what you saw too, that Orioles Twitter was extremely upset at this. They were like, why are we tearing down when, you know, we have a shot to get this second place and get in the playoffs. But, and I'm not saying the Orioles are going to get in the playoffs. I was watching them on, on a uh, quick pitch here this morning. And I, I recognize like two names of their entire starting lineup. So that's the only thing that worries me about the, is not worries me. It weirds me out about the trade. A rant, a good reliever for nothing. Basically in the middle of, of your season where we couldn't strike this deal last off season, but now you can, and now you're in it. I I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I think he's going to be fine though. Uh, another guy. We- do you think, do you think
0: there's like a, I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you think there's like a, like a brotherhood or something like uh as, as in like GMs, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you might kill and you hit up the the Baltimore Orioles GM. And you're Like you, I hey man, do. what's up? And you tell them, like, I'm in this pickle, my guy. Can you hear me out? Remember, I wanted I wanted Dick. I wanted to get Richard from you. You know, can we try to make it happen now? Maybe, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't give you a name now, but I can give you somebody from the
1: future. You know what I'm saying? Just put yourself in my shoes. What would you do? Really, but I don't think our brotherhood would be with the Oreos. I mean, the the beef, not the beef, but. The whole Victor-Victor Mesa situation was basically between us and the Orioles. And by all accounts, the Orioles thought they had him. So I don't think it would be dumb if it is with somebody. I mean, I think there's a direct line to the Yankees, you know, if we ever strike a deal, you know, if we ever need somebody. But we didn't even go that route. We we claimed guys that used to have success, you know. We claimed former Marlins, guys that have been around. We claimed a guy from a league I've never heard of in my entire life. Um <laughs> so Brett, this literally, Brett, Brett this is literally major league happening, the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they got no but credit credit to Brett Ebner, all right. This guy's a thirty one year old outfielder slash pitcher, right? This guy isn't a, exactly a, a show tiny, but hey, he, he he was doing it all right. He was pitching all right in the independent league this past year. He uh had a zero URA, five scoreless innings. Um, what's
1: that league called the Electric or something? Uh <laughs> the electrodes uh, some crazy name you know i'm going to tell you right when, now when uh, roger dorns like i got you an outfielder and then he's like from the giants and then the coach is like uh san francisco giants and he's like and then dorns like no not those giants so like what league is this it's the, the eastern
0: independent league uh i'm having a hard time with my internet here but uh if you can check it out on baseball reference it's a pretty good go-to site if you want to see any player information. But, yeah, I mean, so, Majority
1: guys, league. we're piecing this together, and th- that transitions beautifully into the next segment here of the week ahead. Guys, these next two weeks are crucial for our season. As it stands right now, we're not – the standings, wins, and losses is not going to be what determines the playoff. Excuse me, but rather the win percentage. Now, with that being said, we're going to make up some games here that we lost. So we shouldn't be too far off from the overall amount of games played by the time this is done. But when you look at the standings and you look at the schedule these next two weeks, until so we can start seeing guys return, right now the Marlins are two and one. The next person under us, team under us, is the Nationals at three and four. We play four games against the. Orioles, and then we go to the Mets for three, and the Blue Jays for two. That's not the worst possible outcome. The worst, you know, we could have easily been going the way this season was going. Is by the time the guys get back, we have four against Atlanta and four against New York. So it's not the worst possible outcome to see Baltimore for four games. But make no mistake, that Baltimore is playing hot. The only way the Martins could actively stay in this is if in these two weeks they at least play 500 ball. They play 500 ball going into that Atlanta series on the 14th of August. Guys start coming back. You start maybe seeing some of your starters come back. You're starting pitching come back. We may be able to have a chance. August's schedule is not the toughest schedule out there right now. Tampa Bay is not playing good. The Mets aren't playing good, and we play them multiple times. Our toughest opponent is the Braves, and we're only playing them for three games. So August is not the worst. We need to be at full strength by September, and that should be the goal. Get out of these next two weeks at 500 baseball. Do you agree? Totally agree. The
0: next nine games, we got four against the Orioles, three against the Mets, two against the Blue Jays. There's no reason here that the Marlins can't win six games. We definitely win five to six games, and that'll keep us... And that, that'll that get us out of our tune-up. This is going to be essentially spring training 3.0 now for the guys, right? Okay. Because they had a whole week off. We don't know if they've been able to to practice. You know, one thing is to go out and run and do hit the gym and hit the weights. But the other thing is your timing and seeing pitches. So, so it will be we'll the first time that. they
1: get on the field since the last Sunday game against the Phillies. So I like our
0: odds, man. I really do like our odds against the Orioles. We're going to come to – uh, surprise a lot of teams. We're going to thank them for Richard. Uh, we're going to take the series, take three, three out of four, and then go to New York. We've got to punch the Mets. We've got to go beat the Mets, beat them in New York, and
1: yeah, you you know, gotta, split
0: the series with the Jays. If
1: we, if we split the series with Baltimore, I believe we play them four games. If we split the series, I wouldn't even be mad um, due to the simple fact that these guys haven't played in a week. We're, we changed half our team. The guys are going to get to the locker room and have to introduce themselves to 17, 16 new guys. Don't shake their hands, though. Social distance, please. But they're going to have to, you know, I wouldn't even be mad at splitting it. And the Orioles, truth of the matter, they're playing good ball. They just swept Tampa. So what does that say about Tampa? I don't know. Is that going to affect them in the future? Most likely this series is going to come and bite them. But if you take two of two from Philly – I mean, from Baltimore. I'm sorry. And then you go to New York, and you have three against the Mets. That you take one or two against the Mets. You take two of three, and then you have a day off, and you kind of regroup. You know, by then maybe one or two names starts trickling in. faro was the first person sick, so he should be back. His two weeks is at the end of this week, I believe. So maybe you get faro back for that series against uh, Toronto in Baltimore. Well, that's where I mean, not Baltimore, Buffalo, where we're going to be playing. You know, maybe you start seeing guys trickle in and you'll be all right. You just have to tread water and don't go on an 0 for 7. Don't go on a 1 for 6. Don't, you know, tread the water. And if this team could stay around 500 until August 14th, we'll be all right. We'll be happy and we'll be just like we were, you know, uh, July 27th, whatever that day was. We'll we'll be all right. We just got to get to August 14th with a 500 record. And to me – that is the goal. There's a there's
0: a lot of uh, baseball we're going to see. We're going to catch up. I know nobody's going to be complaining about the, the doubleheaders headers are going to be coming up. With that being said, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball players' uh, organization were able to strike a deal for this year. And the Twin Bills this year will have seven innings. The games will be cut down to seven innings. We will no longer have nine-inning doubleheader games this year. It's uh, to to take care of guys' health and to... Make sure guys can have endurance for the rest of the year. You're not trying to make sure any any of your guys, you lose them to an injury. So what do you think about that? You like that?
1: Real quick, just to touch on that, because I tweeted at it, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but how can Major League Baseball come out and say a seven-inning game is safer and in the same notion and the same tone make every other game nine innings, a regular game? Like, it's so mind-boggling of who's making these decisions. I understand you don't want these guys playing double-headers. Fine. But why not just make every game seven innings then? In? You know, why not make every game eight? Who chose seven? Why eight? What's the difference of being in a dugout another 30 minutes? What's the du- difference of being in a dugout? If you're with uh, in the same dugout, right, and let's say somebody is, there, is, is in there and exposed, and you're not making them – it's not mandated to wear masks. What's the difference of being in that dugout for – Three hours and 20 minutes rather than three hours and 30, three hours and 40. It's mind, it's so mind numbing to think about and so frustrating, man. And I feel you, man. I really do. Like, I know where you're coming from. Who's not making choices?
0: Rob, Rob Manfred. Who else? (laughs) Oh, you guys make sure you go, go out there and vote, man. Don't vote Manfred in. Don't let him win another election.
1: Damn it. I would love to be in that room. Like how is, I'd be fired in 20 minutes if I was in that guy's committee or whatever committee is saying this stuff. It's just, they're just making rules for the sake of making rules. There's no substance behind them. All it's almost like, you know, like Florida, (laughs) all you have to do is mandate mask, limit capacity, right? Spread everybody around the ballpark. There shouldn't be more than two to three people in the clubhouse two to three people, you know, you have all those beautiful suites up there, make those uh, cl- quote-unquote clubhouses, spread everybody out, put the players that aren't playing in the on the bleachers, all right, like they wanted to do, keep only the active nine or ten that are actively playing on, in the dugout with masks and watch how it doesn't spread in the team. When you, know, when you fly, make sure you fly in a way that it's safe, and don't get me started on the fact that we don't have daily results, because that to me is how could the NBA have it, NHL have it, MLS have it? How can sports that don't play every day have it, and the one sport that's playing virtually every day doesn't have it?
0: Yeah, we're just a we're just a different we're a different sport.
1: No, I'm <laughs>
0: I'm calling Manfred. Bro, I'm just. I I think he's just thinking about it as a business approach, a business perspective, and he's going about it the wrong way. He's 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 forgetting about the element, the essential, the fans, the reason why he fell in love to the sport. Like, I'm I'm totally with you, Red. I'm just thinking like, what what is Rob Manfred thinking? What is MLB thinking? They're trying to draw more attention to the sport. How do we draw more attention to the sport? Hey, right, let's make it a little bit shorter, but that's not the problem. Like, remember years ago, they were talking about, oh, we, add, we need to add the, the timer, the, the pitching clock, so it speeds up the game. Like, look at it. We got the pitching clock, and it's really not affecting... Yeah, it's, it's affected very minimal, the flow of the game, but guys have had, like, a, it's all about the flow of the game. Like, the pitch just determines the speed of the game. Like, right. and, I, and I personally enjoy it.
1: Clock, what bothered me about the pitching clock, sorry to cut you off, is the pitching clock was made to speed up the game right they didn't want four-hour games anybody who's had a baseball game to begin with already knows it's a three-hour four-hour event you go to any other sport it's a three-hour four-hour event so and anybody who's going there doesn't care they like most okay like if you got free tickets and you want to go, whatever most especially like marlin's park like the people there they die hard there's no random fan that randomly bought a ticket to a random event like come on man like nobody cares about that the fans don't care If you want to make baseball bigger and better and stronger, Universal DH, we want to see hitting. Uh, Sidebar, the guys who love the pitching, the pitchers hitting, don't start tweeting me. The (laughs) Universal DH, put more runs on the board. I don't care if it's a damn juice ball. Use the ball from last year. doesn't bother me. And stop and and eliminate blackouts. I should be able to watch the Marlins on MLB Network, MLB TV, whenever I want, wherever I am. I should be able to watch every game. You know, that spreads the game, but no, let's put a pitch timer. No, let's, you know, oh, a reliever, there's no more lefty specialist. Let's get, stop that. Like, come on, man. Well, I feel you
0: on everything you said, but everybody in my audience needs to back back us up. All the guys out there, and I know that Red, you know what I'm saying, came at you guys saying that he wants a universal DH. I want you guys to go at Red, tweet at Red, and put hashtag pitches who rake and show them a picture of pitches who rake. Give me a Dontrell Willis. Give me a Jose Fernandez. Give me all those good Marlins in there and show them pitches who rake, baby.
1: Yeah, and while you're doing that, show me the stats for the last 30 years. Throw those in there, too. All right,
0: guys, hey, you can't, tell
1: me, you can't tell
0: me you didn't get a good ad- adrenaline rush out of a pitcher hitting a, a game-time triple.
1: Yeah, but how often does that happen? <laughs> I'd rather see my ace sit his ass in the dugout and wait to the- get out there. Um, moving on here, guys, Annalise standings. We're going to run through it real quick. The Braves is seven and three. Marlins two and one. Nationals three and four. And Mets three and seven. We're not going to talk about the Phillies because they're like us. They're one and two. They've been postponed as well. We've been postponed. Um, So let's talk about the Braves. Running away with it right now. I wouldn't say running away with it, but they're seven and three, nonetheless, leading the division. Man, the Mets at the bottom. But, guys, I hate to say it, but if you listen to this show, we told you this. We told you the Mets were hot trash. And they could get hot now and, of course, run the table. But, man, what pitching did they expect? What starters did they expect? Same thing with the Nationals. What are you doing? You have no offense, you know? And the Braves, 7-3, and three, I think they just haven't faced the Marlins yet, right? <laughs>
0: That's what it is, man. The Marlins not playing baseball for a whole week. is throwing the whole universe like in a spiral. But that's all right, man. We're a game and a half out of first. We're going to get back into, into play. We're going to play our ball. We're going to worry about playing game to game, series to series. And these Miami Marlins are going to concentrate on them and just work their way up the standings. I'm not worried about the Mets. I'm not worried about the Nats. I'm not worried about the Phillies. I can't wait till we face the Braves and we punch them in the mouth because they're not taking away the series from us, bro. Watch. The Marlins are going to come back with the vengeance. Right. And
1: we saw we, we didn't get to talk about it um, last week because we thought it wasn't professional to, to start talking about a series that just finished up with all the negative news coming out. But in that Philly series, me and Alex, guys, we told you guys that the Phillies were going to try to outslug everybody, that they did not have the bullpen, and they did not have the starting pitching. And what did you see in that series? Yes, Wheeler did his thing. You know, we went toe-to-toe with them the whole way. But guess what? Outslugging slugging teams, we know this from 2017 and 2016, does not work. You might put up nine runs. If you don't have pitching, guess what? You're giving up ten. And that's exactly what happened to the Phillies against the Marlins. Phillies' Twitter is on fire. The fact that they've had to wait almost two weeks for more baseball, those poor Philly fans, they must be – they're probably more angrier than we are. Um The Nationals. We told you guys that the offense just—we just didn't see it. And they're three and four. You know, I just—they don't have Strasburg, but I just don't see that offense being potent enough to run away with it. I think the Marlins—we have a shot to get you know second or third place here. Um, I just don't see the the Mets catching up at this point. So, what do you see in the standings? Anything that stands out to you, man? Like, what I see is
0: that Monte Harrison is going to make his Major League debut, the much-anticipated debut of he doesn't know he's ready, he knows he's ready. Well, Major League Baseball is about to find out who Monte Harrison is.
1: I think I'm ready for the big leagues.
0: I don't, I, actually, I don't think I'm ready. I know I'm ready. Marlins fans, it's time. We're here. The train has arrived. We're going to see Monte make his debut in Baltimore. All right? Alongside of him, who can we see in the outfield? We're going to see the return of a Matt Joyce of a Lewis Brinson, you know, and maybe this is the opportunity that Bryn Diesel that Lewis Brinson needed, you know like maybe he needed all these guys. Remember remember the beginning of uh, summer camp 2.0 we were talking about there's 10 outfielders. How are they going to get enough time? and Harold Ramirez is a stamp and Corey Dickerson's a stamp and VR. this is a whole different scenario now guys, so I like. I like how it's looking. It could be worse. It could be better. You know, like I felt a lot better with the team we had coming into opening day. But I'm not going to discredit the team that we have now. We got to see these team. We got to see them gel and see what they're going to do. I believe in this Miami Marlins. And the one thing for them to be successful is that they got to think the same way that the, the championship Marlins have. They got to be the fighting fish. They got to have that fighting mentality. Because in 2003, when we were 10 games under 500, Jack McKean came in. Flipped the switch and we won the chip. So you right. just gotta and be it, fighting fish. You gotta think that you're in it in every single game. And the ways that these guys were playing, they believed that they were in it in every single game. And the way they were playing, bro, they made you proud. They were batting, they were pitching, they were picking it, they were fielding it, they were
1: throwing it. Right, and you gotta think if the Marlins, if this is the low of the season, if this is the you know, the low of the season, we could get back to playing like we were, you know, a week and a half ago in those five games, the two sim games and the, the three real ones. And we can get back to that with everybody being healthy and our low already passed. And, you know, we have the guys exposed. We're back. Let's get the ball rolling. And we're around 500 and we get going. There's no reason we shouldn't be in it. And that's that optimism, guys, is the first time. I'm more of a realist when it comes to baseball. This isn't that. This is just me being optimistic about what I see, the eye test. Um, look around. There's three or four teams that are top heavy. But then there's a lot of people who are in it. And I think it's time for Miami to be excited about this team. Granted, this team is not the team. But give these guys a chance, man. I think the ball's around; The ball bounces. My coach is always telling me that I don't care who we're playing. You know, the the ball's round, and we're all one bounce away from winning a ballgame. So I'm excited, man. Let's get back to it tomorrow. Let's get it. Hey All right, guys uh, Joe Re- Joe Reza- go ahead, go Joe, Joe Frisaro, sorry
0: Joe Frisaro reports a couple prospects to keep a uh, name on Umberto Mejia the number t- 23 prospect in the Marlins top prospects list is a possible call up and Jorge Guzman the number 19 is a, also a bullpen candidate so look out for those guys Jorge Guzman came over in that Giancarlo Stanton trade and uh, Umberto Mejia I mean He's he's gonna be exciting to watch. And Mejia delivers the two-one foul right side now to play. Humberto Mejia from Panama, six foot three, one hundred seventy-five pounds.
1: Right, and guys. Of course, like we always tell you guys, we're actively do, during these shows. We're checking our phones because we try to give you the most up-to-date information. So that's why we kind of you know every once in a while, some one of us will cut in and be like, "Hey, someone just tweeted something because we want we want you guys to hear this show." And be semi up to date. We try to do it about once a week, guys. When there's big incidents like last week's stuff, we jump on whenever we can. Me and addicts are pretty flexible with that. Um, guys, to wrap this up, we're going to be doing another little game here. We're excited about it. It's replacing this or that just for this week. But me and addicts were texting it, and we thought it would be fun to see who could create the best lineup made out of movie baseball players. So not real-life baseball players, not real-life baseball players who appeared in movies, but movie-based baseball players, and that's what we're going to do now. We're going to throw it up on Twitter. Alex is going to type that up for us when this is done, and you're going to vote. I won the last vote (laughs) against Alex, so let's keep this winning streak going, all right? The way this is going to go, I'm going to name the position. Alex is going to announce his guy, say a quick little thing about him. I'm going to announce my guy. At the end, we'll do a full rundown of both teams, and then we'll go on and vote on Twitter. All right, Alex, you ready? All right. Well, I got,
0: starting off, I got a catcher. I got Crash Davis from the movie Bull Durham.
1: Nice. I like that. Nothing I like, like that.
0: Nothing like having a veteran behind the plate to tell you guys what to do on the mound.
1: What you got behind the plate? I got the one, the only, his shimmy drives the women crazy, Jack Parkman from Major League. <laughs> Listen, this guy in the middle of your lineup is money. All right, this is the guy you want on your team at first base. I got the one and only Lou Collins from Little Big League. Lose my veteran, you know, my fifth, fourth batter still hits for power. My team is very power heavy, and he's a leader in the clubhouse. Who do you got at first? I got. I know he's.
0: This is a controversial. He's a DH, but I'm going with Pedro Serrano. I'm. Pedro could play some first base for me. I'm not worried about him picking it. I'm just hurt, worried about him hitting
1: that curveball. I'll have Joe Poo ball, ready to like go. The Toronto of old. <laughs> um, that's my favorite movie of all time, guys. My bad. Um, At second base from the movie Angels in the Outfield, I have a little second baseman, Ray Mitchell. If you recall from the movie Angels in the Outfield, he was the only player doing anything before the Angels showed up. So he's my second baseman, and he's uh, my leadoff guy. Sets the tone, and uh, I love him. Who do you have at two? I'm going to throw the wild card at you, man.
0: This is a, a newer baseball movie, but this is a young boy named Kyle, and this is from the movie 12, right? This is a kid that showed resilience off the bat. And this Like, he channels a young Bryant Anderson to me. If you haven't had a chance, check it out, the movie 12. This kid is a stud. He gets cut off like he doesn't make the, the, the baseball team. The travel team, after he clearly had the talent and everything, and then this kid just like, after being cut, he came back with a vengeance, and he he showed that he was not going to be only the best player on that team, but in the whole county. And the kid, beautiful story. I, I I really think, I look at it, I tell you, it channels the inner Brian Anderson. I think it's Brian
1: Anderson. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. So
0: that's uh, my guy, second base.
1: third, I have the one and only Roger Dorn from Major League. I know what some of you are thinking. Wasn't he retired? But you know what? He activated himself. He got in the box when his team needed him, and he got hit by a pitch and got on base. He's in a bad last. He's going to be, you know. At one point, he was a gold glove winner, you know, but he started worrying about his career after baseball. But we'll, we'll get him back into shape. That's why we have all these other vets. Uh, who do you have at third?
0: I got all due respect to Roger Doyle, man. I got Ray Mitchell from Angels in the Outfield.
1: You took my guy, <laughs> <laughs> yo! I knew it, there was gonna be some.
0: Eventually, it was gonna be some conflict. You know what I'm mean? saying? You were eventually gonna have to take. Like, we're gonna have to scramble and all that. So,
1: <laughs> of course, I like it. I like it. All right, who do you got a short?
0: Oh, you just, I'm gonna steal another one from you. Then give me uh, Benny the Jet, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, man, the kid that that saved, stole our hearts in the Sandlot.
1: I got him too, Billy the Jet Rodriguez, the one and only good leadoff guy. Actually, made it to the pros in the movies. He's gonna be my number, my number one or two hitter. In left field, I have a guy that I was super excited. I remember existed. I have T Rex Pennebaker from the movie Mister Three Thousand. This guy not only hits for average; he was the top player in MLB. Kills the ball. Had a home run in every game shown in the movie. And my lineup is stacked from. Two two six. Who do you have in left field? Uh, I'm gonna go with mm, damn,
0: let me see. A left fielder, outfielder. Uh was it was Roy Hobbs a left fielder or was it a right fielder? Who? Roy Hobbs? The natural. Uh
1: put I'm him going in. With, I'm
0: gonna go I'm gonna put yeah, Roy Hobbs. I'm going with Roy Hobbs, baby. The natural.
1: I like it, I like it. Uh, here in center field, we have my man Willie Mays Hayes from Major League. That guy, I'm going to get him to put keep the ball on the ground. He's a leadoff hitter. His job is to get on base, especially with this lineup. Who do you have?
0: Remember the 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 Asian guy from uh, from Major League that he would tell Serrano if he had the big cojones?
1: Um, you know what I'm talking about? Name? Yes. Um, you have no I marbles. I forget his
0: name, man, but that's the guy I'm going with.
1: Yeah, you have no marbles,
0: you have no marbles. <laughs> marbles. <laughs> you need a guy like in that at right the field. team, you know what I'm saying? Get everybody riled
1: up. I love that guy. I love that guy. In right field, we have Billy Downtown Anderson from Major League Three. If you've never seen that movie, it basically has nothing to do with Major League One and Two, except it has a it has a few of the guys from the movies in the minor leagues now. Billy Downtown Anderson was a clear call up; should have made the team out of spring training. He didn't. We're gonna give him the shot. Again, our team is loaded with power. Who do you have in the out and right? Um, Out and right field,
0: I'm going to go with... uh, hmm. I'm going to go with the shorty from from Major League. Uh, What's her name? Oh, man. Let me see. I'll tell you right now. Who? I'm just a uh, Mooch Mooch? Her name? Mooch? I'm gonna tell you what her name is. Hold on.
1: From a League of Their Own? Yeah. Uh, the woman that had the Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Who's your who's your who's your manager? My manager's gonna be Billy from uh, Little Big League. <laughs> the kid. <Right. laughs>
0: I got I got I got conflicted. I got like this will either be my coach or my bench coach, right? So I'm thinking I'm going with the manager from uh from Bull Durham. Remember when he went off and said, You guys are a bunch of lollygaggers. You know what right. I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I
0: go with him as my manager and then I'm going with uh his bench coach. I'm going with uh Billy Bob Thornton from uh, the Bad News Bears.
1: <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of rejection. <laughs> um, I- At DH, at DH, I have Mr. 3000 himself, Stan, the man, Ross. I don't know who's going to hit fourth in this team, but I have literally battering three through nine is loaded with power. Do you have a DH, Alex? You got the
0: lineups down? You got the lineups?
1: Let's run them back. Yeah, I have mine. I have mine.
0: Well, I'm if gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and feet. I'm gonna put them on I'm gonna have them on Twitter. I'll throw them up. We'll let the people decide. It's just a tough one, dude. like I thought we were gonna go. He <laughs> literally did decision a uh, position by by position, and I respect that. My guy did course. his homework, killed it.
1: I'm prepared. Got to get ready, man. I I'm the most competitive person in the world. And by the way, my starting pitcher is Mr. Ryan Dunn from Summer Catch. Some of y'all might be too young for that movie, but check it out. Uh, he, he is filthy when he's not an alcoholic. And all right, Alex, I'll send you the lineup. Put them on Twitter. Let the people vote. And you guys tell us who you think has the best lineup. And guys, that wraps up this episode of Marlon's barbecue. Alex, tell my people where we could find them, where they could find you.
0: First and foremost, guys, thanks for listening. If you need information, up-to-date information, go to fishstripes.com. Get some cool stories, podcasts, videos, anything you need. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Real Acon, on TikTok at Talk Baseball for some feel-good Marlins moments. Red, what's your Twitter?
1: Guys, find me at Red underscore underscore Garcia. Make sure you follow Fish Stripes, rate and review the podcast. Um, that's what we know what you guys want to see in here, and, hear. and uh, go fish.
0: Oye, ponme la musiquita ahí, like.
1: que esta noche la...